commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you, Ugnox? What did I just say? What did I just say? Ugnox and oh, Jawas out there. I have officially messed that up for the very first time. This is the Book of Boba Fett after show presented by Mando Talk. It has now been two days since the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett. So hopefully, if you are here, if you are listening, you for sure have watched the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett because this is a spoiler discussion. And by the way, I am Caleb Keller, your host of Mando Talk. But joining me, as always, is DJ Foster at Rebel Scum Texan. What is up, sir? Here to talk all things Boba Fett from the great state of Texas here in the U.S. of A. So let's just I'm just excited about everything that we have to talk about tonight. And by the way, I started off our Tuesday show with this helmet on. Look, as long as we're talking Boba Fett, this guy is going to be making an appearance quite often. So if that bothers you, sorry, you're going to have to get over it. So there's that. That wasn't for Caleb. That was to all of our listeners. But anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll probably I don't be think repping anybody's this. bothered by it. No, no, no. I'll be repping this incredible Bounty Hunters Boba Fett baseball jersey that my mother-in-law got me every single Thursday the rest of this Book of Boba Fett series that we have. It's just too cool. It, it fits the game day vibes, uh, so I'll be repping it. I'm sure you'll be repping that helmet. But look, if you're here with us live, let us know what you thought of the premiere episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Again, this is spoiler discussion, uh, but we here at Mando Talk got you covered so heavily on the Book of Boba Fett and all things Star Wars. Tuesday, we go live at 6. Thursday, we go live at 6. And it's all about the Book of Boba Fett. Next Tuesday, we'll do like predictions for Chapter 2. Thursday, we'll do our spoiler discussion of Chapter 2. And we'll keep that cycle going over and over again. So if you are new to the YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe. But we're also on podcast platforms. DJ, there's something specific that we need to tell our one of our specific yeah. podcast listeners, what is that? Well, if you're listening to the show on Spotify, which is where before I joined the show, that's where I always listened to Mando Talk on Spotify. I just prefer Spotify over other platforms, but they have just added a rating feature to Spotify. So if you're one of those people who has access to that, because I'm pretty sure it, it, it's done with the beta, if it's not done with the beta, then maybe you're one of the lucky few who still can go and vote on it and all that fun stuff before it's fully launched. However, if you go over to Spotify and find us at Mando Talk, there should be a rating right there at the top. Give us five stars or don't give us five stars. We would prefer five stars. But at the same time, we would love it if you guys would go over there and give us a rating on Spotify if you are able. Yeah, So absolutely. that's what's new at Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, and we're also on every single other podcast platform. And listen, we give us that five-star rating just like the book of the Boba Fett premiere is a five-star rating for me personally. Ooh, I mean, I thought it was already. I thought it was a great 
premiere. I thought it did everything that it should. And what we're going to do is we're going to dive deep into spoilers. Again, that's like the third or fourth warning. So here we go. But I do want to say this. Ryan V and Blue Harvest Bricks are in the chat. What is up? It's good to see both of you here. And listen, if, if you're in the chat, let us know that you're here. And let us know your opinions on this episode. We will definitely discuss them. DJ, are you ready to do this? I have been ready since about 6 a.m. yesterday morning. I mean, it, I've just been like, how how difficult has, I, before we start, how difficult has it been for you to just like not talk about it? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's been hard I mean, for me not to talk about it. I really wanted to go live last night, but, you know, think we, we can't do that. We can't really go live on Wednesdays and discuss it. I've been itching. I'm ready to go. I, I want to talk about this and let let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man, here we go. Well, listen, first thing that I always like to do is, first of all, the title of this chapter was Stranger in a Strange Land. I'm always intrigued when I see the titles of the episode pop up. I was interested. I mean, I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting title. A little bit longer than the Mandalorian season one and season two titles. Usually the Mandalorian was just doing like the and then one word like the Marshal, the Jedi and so on. Uh, But man. I was I was very intrigued when I saw a stranger in a strange land. This is also this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez and the writer is John Favreau himself. So just wanted to get those basic things out there. But let's go ahead and transition into content of this first episode, the opener. I definitely want to discuss the opener, the opener when we were going through the empty Jabba's palace with that this this music that was incredible like it just it was chilling to the bone and i was like oh this is gonna be good i already knew it when i heard that music and then we get that subtle uh transition to boba fett in the bacta tank bath which i believe boba fett has now called the bacta pod so that's what we'll call it from pod yeah that's what we'll call it going forward but dj what did you think of the opener the transition uh that we that we get honestly i I think it was good reminder of where we came from in not just the end credit scene to the end of Mandalorian season two, but also a good reminder of return of the Jedi. It was nice to get some familiar shots. Um, certainly the outside of the palace and then the inside of the big door that we're all very familiar with. Um, I loved that. And then of course, going in to see the main audience chamber, it looked clean. It looked, it didn't look dirty like Jabba's. You could tell that this was modern day and you could tell that it was Boba's palace in that, in those first few shots, I thought. Mm. And yeah, like you said, that music was absolutely uh, incredible. And I I'm blanking on the composer or not the composer, but um, the guy who like, I think it was the, the composer you had all the music was by Ludwig Gorenson, but then like there was another guy who did, uh, the actual composing. I can't remember his name now, but you know, at great execution across the board, as far as, I mean, the music is concerned in just that, in just that first shot. Yeah. And, and the vibes with the music kept on going. So Lud- Ludwig and you're right. There is somebody else involved this, this go around. And I should have got that name down, but I'm blanking on it. Uh, they did a great job. Phenomenal job throughout the premiere of giving us those uh, Boba Fett vibes, which yeah, I found it. His name is Joseph, Joseph Shirley. Okay. Well, shout out to Joseph. Appreciate yeah, you. There you, go. you did a great job. <laughs> okay. But 
what that opener did when it went to Boba in that back to pod was it seems like this back to pod is going to be our plot device to get those flashbacks that Tamara Morrison has heavily teased because the first I was, I was literally watching it before we went live. The first 13 minutes was a flashback. So we spent substantial amount of time in the beginning of the episode, looking back on post return of the Jedi stuff and actually a little bit of, prequel stuff and i actually want to speak on that first because we get a quick shot of boba's birthplace of camino which was great to see you could see the slave one kind of like in the back left corner on one of the shots but really the one that that stood out to me was geonosis and the new footage of young boba fett looking into his father's helmet dj what did you think when you saw this shot you have no idea. I uh, so first of all, I was more floored personally by Camino, mm. um, having and that was because of the end of Bad Batch, watching Camino d- be destroyed by the uh, well, the Empire there at the end of Bad Batch, that was heart wrenching. I mean, I, I and so to come back and see Camino for the first time in live action since two thousand two, that's that's a big deal that they did that. And I thought, I just thought it was beautifully done. So for me, it gave me a lot of nostalgic feels, but again, also, as you said, Geonosis, ton of nostalgia there too. You know, we pulled in footage from attack of the clones. I mean, Daniel Logan is credited as young Boba Fett, but then there's that overhead shot of the helmet. That's brand new. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Logan actually tweeted about that and said, yeah, that's a brand new shot. We didn't do that when I was a kid. And it's a, it's a new actor playing a, younger version of Boba Fett for that shot, which look, the fact that they go so far to do these things is just amazing to me that they would put that detail in. So it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to uh, Ryan V. He gave us our rating in the chat, 9.5 out of 10. That's high. I mean, that that's really good. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it that much. He said, kept me engaged the entire time. Loved it that I I love to see that. Okay. The next thing that we get in this flashback is we finally get our visual, our answer to the Sarlacc pit survival. So we see Boba inside the Sarlacc pit, very gross, very disgusting, but he's still alive. And he's not well, but he's alive. What he does is he uses the stormtroopers breathing tube to kind of rejuvenate him a little bit. A flamethrower kind of wrist gauntlet thing to burn through the side. And eventually we see him... climb his way out it felt like something that i that we already kind of assumed as fans but it's nice to finally have a canon visual and answer of how boba fett did in fact get out of that sarlacc pit and i have one thing i want to say about it before i pass it to you dj just to just for you to share what you thought of this moment boba fett looks so much better in his original trilogy like cream onesie underneath not the black i just prefer that visual over the black behind his armor that was just a reminder for me whenever i saw this what did you think of the sarlacc pit scene the the whole thing was essentially what i always imagined it to Mm be minus the stormtrooper that's the only thing that i'm having a hard time with as far as why is there a stormtrooper in there yeah Um, yeah i mean I, i i get it you know it's it's Tatooine. The Empire has been present on Tatooine, you know, in live action. I mean, it was in A New Hope, granted, but 
you got to think, man, that's, that's three years that thing's been down there. Would it have decomposed and would it have, you know, had more damage to it? Cause there definitely weren't any, um, there were definitely weren't any stormtroopers at Jabba cell barge. So, uh, it kind of answers the question of how long does it really take for a Sarlacc to digest something? And I think 3PO was right when he said slowly digested over, you know, have th- a thousand years or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's cool that we put that in there. Now, other than that, I think everything else about it was absolutely perfect. And yeah, his, you mentioned his jumpsuit. Look, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of black. I like, Ooh, I okay. like the color. I like the color black. So I remember whenever he first put it on in Mando, I thought this is odd. But then by the time we got done with the tragedy and we moved on to the episode with Bill Burr and saw him in the black and the green and the new newly painted armor, I thought this looks good. This is mm-hmm. clean. This is this is like tuxedo version of Boba. Yeah. So That's I think I, I I think I prefer tuxedo Boba um, okay. in that sense. Now, as far as him coming up out of the sand and and coming up out of the Sarlacc pit, it is exactly what Patton Oswalt dis, you know described in that one episode of Parks yeah. and Rec. And everybody's online's been talking about that. I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. So. I love that they now, obviously like you had to do something like that. The only other option was Boba flies out of the pit. It was either mm-hmm. he climbs out or he flies out. And, sure. um, and I, you had 50, 50, they go with the climb. I like it. You know, I think yeah. it looks great. And yeah, it just, there's so much happening with the Sarlacc pit to me mm-hmm. that really plays into him and his scars and everything else. So we'll probably get into that more as we keep going forward. But for now, I mean, I just, I loved the Sarlacc pit. I thought yeah. all of that was great. Well, and I loved that they just went ahead and, and answered it and, and gave that satisfying answer to the fans. And we're now just continuing to go forward. So the next right. thing that we get here during this Sarlacc sequence is we get the connection to the Mandalorian Cobb Vanth saying he bought the armor off of Jawas. Jawas stumble upon Boba laying in the sands. They strip him of his armor. And the only thing I want to say about this moment is for some reason, I laughed out loud whenever the Jawa hit him in the face and you could hear some of them chuckling in the background. I was dying laughing when I heard that just because it's weird. Like you don't ever think, oh, Jawas are going to beat up Boba Fett and knock him out. But there he is. He's getting yeah. knocked out by Jawas. Granted, he was pretty beat up. But uh, anything you want to add about the Jawas getting the the Mandalorian armor, which segues perfectly into Cobb Vance's storytelling that he gives Din Djarin yeah. in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. I think I uh, it makes sense that the Jawas would be near um, wreckage. They're they're junkers. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're dumpster divers. So it makes sense that they would happen upon a giant sail barge and, and try to get what they can off. Of. And of course they luck out with a bunch of Mandalorian armor. And I, I also, uh, I'm sick of Jawas. I think I'm at a point Ooh. where I like, and I look, and I love, I love our intro for, for Mando. I love, yeah. I love, Hey, what knots and Jawas, even though I completely I, messed it up today. <laughs> it happens. It, it's okay. You know, we forgive you. At least I do. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I know we're going to spend time on Tatooine during this show, and I'm still kind of of the opinion the quicker we get off Tatooine, the better. Because mm. um, I just, I just don't want to spend all this time on Tatooine. Like, I'm feeling some Tatooine fatigue. The same fe- feeling mm. I had in, in Mandalorian season two, mm-hmm. but when we went back to Tatooine, I was like, gosh, why are we doing this? Of course, it brought us Boba Fett, and that was why. But 
I, I still am just kind of like, I'm, I'm sick of Tatooine. You know, it's like, why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Why does everyone want to go back to Tatooine? <laughs> you know, I just, hey. I'm kind of feeling that way. So I'm sick of Jawas for now. I mean, unless they do something really cool, you know, I don't think I'm going to be ready for another. <laughs> I mean, eh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's just, I'm kind of over it at this point. Oh man. Fair enough. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's all good. All it's good. hard. It's hard to like hate on an original trilogy. Anything. <laughs> Sure. Like I'm at a point where I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, here's ne- here's what's next in the episode. I'll kind of group these a little bit so we can kind of move along here in the plot. Uh, Tusken Raiders stumble upon Boba and they use this kind of weird liquid to kind of awaken him. Then they drag him. Uh, what was it? It was from some sort of a grub worm. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah I, it was weird. It was weird. I didn't catch that at all. Uh, but they drag him to their mini village. Uh, where he's then strapped up and beaten, kind of treating him like a, a prisoner. And Boba tries to eventually break free by using the teeth of a massive or massive. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's basically like the Tusken Raider versions of dogs. Um, a really yeah. cool moment. Uh, he breaks free, but of course, a Rodian, this stinking Rodian, the stupidest character of this entire episode, uh, is oh, yeah. really loud and prevents uh, Boba from getting away. Uh, and the Tuscans end up catching up to him, beat him up some more, and return him back to uh, being strapped up. What did you think of this entire moment of the Tuscan Raiders getting involved? I love to see it. I love the fact that they're treating him poorly at first. That kind of leads us to a moment later in the episode. I would say that's probably the most character growth kind of moment for this episode is what we eventually see toward the end of it, and we'll get to that moment eventually. Uh, but what did you think of this entire Tuscan Raider segue and and connecting to those people well i like that they've consistently stayed with the tuscans being just terrible people i mean it plays back into attack of the clones we saw what happened to anakin's mom shmi how horribly she was treated so it shows us that this is um consistent amongst all different groups of tuscan raiders against uh amongst the sand people but one thing I loved about these sand people is that they are clearly a different kind of tribe than yeah. the ones we've seen in episode four, uh, in episode one, episode two, and Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, they're, good call. they're very different. And I was seeing somebody had posted from a visual dictionary from the new A New Hope and Phantom Menace the differences in the two Tuscan Raider masks. And the original is more square, episode one is more round. These guys in, th- in this episode look just mean. I mean, they just mm-hmm. look like they're the top dog Tuscan Raiders. And so it makes sense that they would be treating him terribly. Look, I love any kind of connection to Attack of the Clones with the Massif. That's how I pronounce it. Um, just it's a, it's a Tuscan Raider dog. I like it. It's just it's something different. It's cool. Um, and the fact that he used the teeth, it's it's wild because like never have I ever thought if I'm ever wrapped up in, in bonds am i going to uh-huh. use someone's teeth to cut it <laughs> loose i just i never thought that so i thought that was very cool very different very boba i feel like that's yeah. very boba fett the only other thing i'll say about this other than that the rodian was the dumbest character in star wars <laughs> to date um and truthfully that rodian is the stupid like who who wants to stay enslaved that guy's yeah, an it, idiot and I'm boba sorry. offered I mean, to break him free of his bonds I know. and he just starts <laughs> why would you do that i just i could not Clip get that. over That's, that that was that was me oh being man <laughs> and i was just mad about it i'm just oh, i hate it i hate the rodian i 
I, I now feel a strong prejudice to all red Rodians. I just, <laughs> I can't, I just can't do it anymore with these guys. Uh, the only other thing I'll say about that though, when Boba runs away, did you not think that Tamara Morrison kind of runs funny? Like I, I don't, haven't seen anybody say that, but he kind of looks like he's got a wedgie. I noticed. Just, yeah, I noticed I the <laughs> the way in which he was running on my second watch. So you're not <laughs> alone. But I mean, me hey, up, man. I probably look worse running, to be fair. And I'm a lot oh, younger. Yeah. So props to Tamara Morrison. Oh yeah, I, I don't look good running either. I I run straight belly out. That's how I run. So he just looked like he needed a restroom or he had a wedgie. It was one of the two. It was just funny <laughs> to me. So that's all I'll say about that, okay. that as far as it goes. But I do it kind of, it's funny though. You mentioned the jumpsuit earlier. The more yeah. we see the jumpsuit, the more I'm like, I kind of miss the jumpsuit, you know, yeah. like I know I, I do prefer tuxedo Boba, but like the jump, I love the shoes, the, the mm. traditional Boba Fett boots. You can really see them a lot during the scene where he's tied up by the fire. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was yeah. a nice little touch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought overall the first flashback that we got there was very satisfying. It worked for me. The and, and really there was barely any dialogue throughout this entire first flashback, and I loved it. I, I loved that kind of feeling that we got to open up this series. And next thing you know, though, we hear Fennec Shan's voice saying, "Wake up, boss!" And we are back knock, to knock, knock. Yeah. present day. Uh, Boba is in his back to pod. Uh, and he he gets woken up by Finnick and he's told, look, we, we got to meet with these associates, these people that are that have come to pay tribute to you. Uh, very cool. Very, very interesting moment. I got to say, this is the most. Intrigued that I got during the episode was listening specifically to the Twi'lex uh use of words once we get to that moment. But very, very cool. Um this entire throne room scene we get a creature i don't what's that creature's name I, I meant to look this up the the one that uh that pays tribute first with just some credits do you know um, that, that it was it yes it was uh i only know it because i watched my second time watching i watched it with the subtitles and it's an aqualish okay yeah okay aqualish. so that one there wasn't really much with that one but uh he gives credits but we do hear boba say we need a protocol droid because they had no clue what that creature was saying uh but then the next thing we get uh this droid is 8d8 and i believe we've seen that droid before in the original trilogy mm -hmm. yeah okay. that's the one that was um turning the gonk droid upside down and like branding its feet and jaws that's right Palace. that's right so great easter egg there uh doc strassi leader of the Trandoshan family, whom are the protectors of the city center and its business territories, who Boba used to work for, then enters, and he presents Boba with Wookiee fur. And I was immediately like, whoa, okay, that's a little dark there uh, when I saw that, but it makes sense. You think back to the Clone Wars, Trandoshans hunt Wookiee uh, yeah. for game, so that, that was really dark but really interesting. He calls him this name, Daimyo? That I've never heard I of. So I'm, I had to Google it. I okay. mean, the second I heard it, I was like, what is this? And it's actually a Japanese word. It's a Japanese term. It's, I, I mean, I, I should have done so much more research into it, but very quickly I realized it's basically given to uh, a crime Lord. It's the name of a Japanese crime Lord from what I saw very quickly, you know, at six in the morning, 
you know, yesterday. I mean, you don't remember anything you learn early in the morning, <laughs> let's be honest. So, you know, for me, it was just very quick. But at the same time, I, I thought it was a cool, cool uh, new word. And, you know, you keep talking about this, these different people coming and paying tribute to Boba. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much like Godfather. I mean, yeah. it is so much like Godfather. And it, I'm, I'm sitting down now thinking, man, I need to rewatch Godfather 1 and 2 because those are just two of the greatest movies ever made. And so, um, but there, you can tell that they're really pulling on these Italian mobster type of, of families. I mean, uh, they're the families, but then also the, just the motifs that come with that. And I, I just, I'm so here for it because I love gangster movies. Yeah. And this yeah. is just one very long gangster. It's like the Sopranos of, of Star Wars mm-hmm. is really what we're getting into. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that term, Daimyo is going to be something that we continue to come back to, uh, maybe yeah. even dive deeper sure. into of, of really what that means and the importance of that word and that term moving forward. I was very interested to, to get that new kind of slang or um, a brief. Uh, what I don't really know what I'm title. title. There you go. I would title. call it a title. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting to hear a new title in the Star Wars kind of world, and we'll see where that goes. But I do want to mention um, Doc says that he wishes that he never leaves Moss Espa. Now, this is kind of prediction or theorizing mode. With that statement, I feel like we're going to be on Tatooine for a while in this series. I think they're really oh. wanting to uh, structure Boba in the underworld on Tatooine heavily. And I still think that there's a lot of trailer and TV spot footage that we haven't seen that is on Tatooine that might warrant the entire episode two is going to be on Tatooine as well. So that was just kind of my thoughts. And I know I'm kind of leaking into next Tuesday when we do prediction mode, but I, I thought that was interesting that he says that I, I wish you or I, yeah, I wish that you never leave Moss Espa. Yeah. May you never leave Moss Espa was I think half, half a threat and then half of a i'm only doing this right now because i have to yeah you know like the trandoshans amongst so many other species in star wars they are very notorious for being backstabbers i mean they just Mm -hmm. they only you can tell all you have to do is go back and watch that one clone wars arc where ahsoka's on the island and chewbacca shows up you know all you have to do is go back and watch that to know everything you need to know about trandoshans and you know, they, they're loyal to pretty much their own kind. Bosk is about the only exception we ever see in this. Aside from, uh, actually, uh, there's a Trandoshan character in the High Republic era, and then also in Squadrons who left the Trandoshan ways to you know, basically be the good guys, but they're the exceptions. You know, these Trandoshans, though, these are crime lords. These are crime bosses. These are people of the, of the underworld. They are 100% trying to figure out a way to wiggle their way into power as boba has um so but i think it's going to be a lot of work if they do try to do that and i also think boba's going to come out on top so oh yeah um you know i guess that's a little bit of prediction as well but it still plays into this one moment i will say that this character uh to some degree was played by robert rodriguez whether it was yeah i saw someone talking about that on twitter today i was like well that's cool you know um i went back and paused every credit i could to see every little thing pick mm-hmm. up on anything so i did see something about him i think having played this character so it's really neat that he's in here getting his director's cameo like everybody else has on mando yeah. 
yeah. except for Dallas or Bryce Dallas Howard. She hasn't done her cameo yet. Good, she needs to. It's a good but that, catch. Maybe she will. Maybe she will in in Boba Fett because she's directing an episode. So, uh, well, I guess we'll see on that. But it's yeah. still cool. It's still cool. All of this is great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the last individual to visit uh, Boba Fett was supposed to be Mark Shears. Shears. I don't remember exactly how, how to Shires. pronounce that that last name there. But that's the mayor of Moss oh, Espa yeah. and its surrounding plateaus. That was the individual that was supposed to arrive to pay tribute. But the maid, the mayor's major domo is sent instead to essentially threaten that the mayor still runs the city and will not pay tribute and only extend a welcome. This moment is where I was most intrigued. And I think this moment is probably what is hinting at what's coming later in this season the most. We're obviously going to get a conflict between Boba and the mayor. And I think for me personally, the winner of this episode was this Twilight as far as like performance goes he played like the annoying yet kind of like confident cocky kind of guy perfectly and he seems yeah. he 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 gives the persona that the mayor is someone to be reckoned with and I can't wait to meet this mayor I, I think it's going to be that Ithorian that we've seen in teasers but uh I was very intrigued by this conversation what were your thoughts on it I, I mean you know, initially I saw the character and I thought this is kind of a, he, he, I just, he was just another like crime guy or mm -hmm. something, but you know, you're right. He wins. Like if they, if they were giving awards to best actor per episode, this guy wins it, you know, he, crushed he, it. he had the, <laughs> well, and to be fair, we only saw the faces of like four people in mm -hmm. the whole episode. Everybody else is either wearing a helmet or has on a mask basically, or, you know, I'm talking like Gamorreans and whatnot. So when you think about this guy's performance, you can see his face and he, he's somebody it's weird. I'm not, I'm not usually the guy who wants to see the most background of background characters come to the forefront. Like Bib Fortuna, for example, was not somebody I ever thought would take the throne of Jabba, mm -hmm. but they did it. And he was there for a little while. Now to have this other guy kind of just kind of be like a Bib Fortuna to this mayor. Um, it's kind of neat to watch him perform and play. So whoever this guy is, is, is incredible. And yeah, um, I think he, he's somebody definitely, as Boba says, to keep, keep your eye on. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Move forward. And, and we'll see him some more. Cause again, we've seen him at the side of, we're assuming the the mayor that that's the Ithorian. We've seen him on the side in, in trailers and in teasers. So yeah. we'll come back to him. I, I've loved every moment that he was on the screen though. He was delivering the lines perfectly uh next thing here in this throne room scene we get the gamorians that are presented to boba and he's really supposed to kill them but boba decides to do things differently um and he decides to spare them and use them as his kind of protectors and and servants even though you know crime lord customs as the daimyo would be you got to make a statement and, and kill these these things because they've served the previous masters. I thought that was really interesting. And then that kind of then transitions us into going to the city of Moss Espa, which one of my predictions is already wrong. I said that was going to be Bestine, yeah. but it was in fact, it was kind of like the original Phantom Menace concept art of what Moss Espa could look like that's kind of what they went yeah. off of it was very cool but again another moment where boba decides to not be like the previous crime lord leader of tatooine he walks 
through the city instead of being carried on a litter. Uh, really interesting. He is doubling down and, and trying to be a different type of leader that, that Tatooine's never seen. What did you think of the Gamorrean decision, and what did you think of this transition of, of him making those decisions to be different from previous crime lords? Um, I think, to a certain degree, it's a bad call. It's fun mm. in the sense of a viewing. Now, if you're in the world, it's it's a different scenario because – if it's me and I'm in Boba's position and I'm a ruthless bounty hunter who's taken the role of crime lord, I'm going to have these guys killed. I, I can't trust anybody right now. You know, no, I've and, and Boba has yet to do something other than kill Bib Fortuna to really show his authority. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's these attacks coming at him, which we'll get to in a minute. And, you know, we were seeing these Gamorreans, they come and save him and do all that good stuff. You know, I, I, if I was Boba, I would have killed the Gamorreans and, you know, would have had had them, you know, thrown out or fed to my menagerie, you know, whatever, whatever the case would have been. So I think that's a bad call for now. And I also think that his leadership style at this time is a bad call Mm. because it, I feel like in the crime world, consistency is some usually the most important thing. And when you're inconsistent, that's when things go South. Mm. Uh, Godfather, for example, if you watch the very first Godfather, um, it's like a 40 year old movie. So it's your fault for not seeing it if I'm spoiling it, <laughs> but you know, it, it, when, when Don Corleone decides he's not going to move narcotics, when he's not going to start moving drugs, um, you know, everybody in the family is like, Hey dad, you should, you should do this or pop. Hey, you should do this. And he's like, no, we're not going to roll that way. And then what happens is someone tries to come and take him out. And that leads to the rest of the story. You yeah. know, he gets put in the hospital. So I'm thinking that this is one of those moments, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's very similar to that. And they've already said they're playing off of Godfather and Goodfellas. I mean, right. They know these are, these are master filmmakers who are fans of filmmaking that being Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez, Filoni and Favreau. So he's doing something different. It's going to cost him something. Sure. Um, sure. I don't know what, but that's, that's where I see this heading. And yeah. I think it, that's, that's why I don't like this. I think mm. now from a viewer standpoint, this is great stuff, you know, yeah, 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 it's yeah. exciting because, but if you're in the world, it's a bad call. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a terrible call. No, as a viewer, I really loved his decision to walk himself. For me personally, I would view that as more respectable, more powerful, more about his business. But I get that in the Star Wars galaxy, in this crime Lord world, that's not really how it flies. Uh, so interesting kind of thoughts there uh from you i didn't really even think about it that way i was i was just thinking about it as boba just challenging what had come before because obviously at the end of it it didn't really work uh but yeah i mean i could see it how that could cause some problems cause some issues and and make him look illegitimate compared to things that have and people that have come uh before but we do then get this great uh, cantina moment this scene where we meet garza whip which is the twi'lek that we've gotten heavily from the trailers and um in this location boba and fennec go to what they call the sanctuary i have a feeling we're going to spend some more time at this sanctuary yeah. eventually and they make acquaintances with garza by promising that her business will continue to thrive now in this moment though we got a great moment we see Max Rebo and Figrin Dan. 
I believe that's how you say that last one, are playing a variation of the Cantina theme. Uh, I know a lot of original trilogy diehards really loved that moment, especially for me. I was pumped when I saw Max Rebo on the keys. That was great to see. What did you think of the Sanctuary, the just the vibes that you got from this cantina. I saw a comment on Twitter. I can't remember who said it, but they, they said, this is my favorite cantina because it's finally the first one that seems like it has air conditioning. And I would have to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't heard that. That's hilarious. That's absolutely a certain vibe you get from it. I like this cantina a lot because it reminds me of a, a Greek restaurant. Um, I enjoy Greek food and my family enjoys Greek food. So to me, it reminded me a lot of of some Greek restaurants I've been in because it was just, it was something different and it was really cool. So I thought that was neat. Um, As far as the rest of everything goes, I have to say this about the cantina theme. If you watch all the way to the end of the credits, Mm -hmm. it shows who played that cantina theme. And it was Robert Rodriguez and another guitarist named Mark Del Castillo. They -hmm. are both Texans. They are from Texas as a as as a texan and as a a fan of things texas that makes me so happy (laughs) you know it just it's like man look i even tweeted about it and nobody liked this tweet it was so it was so disheartening for me but i tweeted about this and i was like (laughs) look at these texas boys out here doing star wars i just it made me so happy um oh man and and as far and it just makes me it 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 floors me as a texan in fact i have a texas flag i thought about hanging it up here tonight (laughs) in honor of of just that but at the same time, um, as far as the variation on the Cantina theme goes, mm-hmm. this the name of this is now called Cantina Latina. That's the name of the song, Cantina really? Latina. And nice. yeah, I just I thought that was super cool. So um, I I love that they're they're in the sanctuary and and doing their thing with in this moment. And is it Jennifer Beals? Yes. Is that, is that yes. Her playing Garza Flip. That's a funny last name. Yeah. Flip. <laughs> but it's it looks like it reminds me of what you would see in like an old Batman show, like from the uh-huh. 60s, where he goes, pow, whop, and flip, you know, it's just <laughs> in there. That's what it reminds me of. But nice. <laughs> all, all of this is cool. Max Rebo being back, the music, Garza Fwip, everything. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Harvest Bricks in the chat said, loved seeing Max, although he looked pretty cheaply made, which was a shame. Yeah, I could see that. I could see he that. Looked- he looked cheaply made to begin with. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> well, just the saying. next thing, the next thing that we get in this scene is the the other Twi'leks that kind of welcomed Boba and Finnick into the sanctuary. Return the helmets, and Boba's is full of credits. And I took that as um, Garza's tribute to him. I think these two are going to work together and actually have a good relationship. So that's kind of how I took that. Uh, yeah. myself but then they kind of they leave they walk out and this is when we kind of get that moment of the battle scene where these red assassins attack now dj there is an official yes. name for these red there assassins is. now what is that yeah we don't have to keep calling them tracksuit ninjas um <laughs> you know it's i i didn't know it until my second watch i mm-hmm. paused on the credits because i'm trying to see who played who and who's involved and all that fun stuff, which sidebar, I found out that Jet Lucas, George Lucas's son, is a visual effects supervisor. So dang man, you're doing you did still, great. You're I mean, diving in. I'm just this. I'm just pausing and looking. I'm just trying yeah. to find new stuff. And and so that's a sidebar. But back on what the heck are we talking about? I've already forgotten because I got my own self The Red Assassins. 
Red Assassins. They are called the Nightwind uh, Assassins. The Nightwind Assassins, I think is what hmm. I found out. So it, it, to me, th- this is good for a lot of reasons. It's nice to know where we're going, who's doing what, yeah. um, who's attacking Boba. And that way it gives us something to kind of like root against. I don't, I don't want Boba to be killed by an assassin. Um, at least not yet yeah. we'll see how the rest of the series goes i mean maybe he does get killed by an assassin who knows but mm-hmm. all that to say it's nice to see the name so nightwind assassins yeah 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 okay here's my first complaint though oh this battle scene okay what if you're on youtube you see the image that's that's portrayed right now when boba fett is is being circled around what's on his back that he could easily you know get the high ground Oh, good call. Like, He's why is Boba his jet pack. Why is Boba Fett not using his jetpack jetpack in this moment to get above these guys and just wiping them out? Like, I don't I didn't get that as a viewer, as knowing that Boba has portrayed that he can use the jetpack very well in the past. Maybe okay, I have a rebuttal then. Okay, maybe he has like jetpack PTSD because that's what put him in the pit. That's fair. That, that that's well, a stretch, no, but that's fair. He, he used it in Mando, so my own argument is gone. Yeah, he mm. did use it in Mando. You know, maybe it was just I don't make the best decision when I'm under pressure. So maybe he's just come like on, no, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm just saying he's. I, you don't know he's been living with Tuscan Raiders sure. for six years. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, know. That's just a thought that I had. That's a good. That's a good thought. It's a really good thought. Like it, it he could have easily just you know. Pew, you know and just wiped them all out <laughs> yep, but i guess he could easily he couldn't have done that because then he would have wiped out finnick if he had just wiped them all out but he could have you know individually took care of business oh finnick finnick could have gotten out of there it'd have been yeah. fine yeah. it all would have worked out i mean he took one of them out <laughs> he did take one of them out with his gauntlet you know i mean he launched he took that that guy doesn't even exist he he's been full-blown disintegrated he's gone yeah. <laughs> like he that guy's just gone yeah so you know things gamorians actually are the ones that help boba and finnick get out of this so that was a great call by boba fett to not kill those those guys uh because they do end up coming in clutch boba is stabbed which the gamorians then rush him back to the back to pod but he's boba specifically before he gets rushed back tells finnick alive make sure i get one of those guys alive and we know that we see that assassin later because we've seen that assassin strapped up and tied up with finnick kind of carrying him in a so trailer we, yeah, yeah yeah we will definitely see that probably next week if i had to guess but prediction dj nailed it with this one you said that boba was going to get hurt in this battle and that finnick was going to kill one of the assassins and she pushed one of the assassins off and we heard cracking yeah. so i'm assuming that one's that guy's gone. got he's gone that, he gone. He's gone but this other he assassin <laughs> is going to be brought back to boba for probably some questioning and, and maybe some i don't know a face-to-face meeting with whoever this assassin is working for we'll see but what did you think overall of this battle scene you know it's it was just a hair underwhelming for mm. me um i just thought that boba could do more and I think when I first watched it, I was like, where are the Gamorreans? Where, where are they? Why are they not 
right there with him. In fact, when they walked out of the cantina, my first thought was, why, why aren't the Gamorreans with them? And then they keep walking. Like, and I knew the attack was coming, like, because of trailers. Yeah. I just knew right, it was right, coming. Right, right, right. And, and whenever it happened, I was like, where are the pigs? Bring in the pigs. We need the <laughs> pigs. And then they showed up a little late, I guess, because they were distracted. I don't know. I just, and so there was that. And then I th- it just felt like it took too long for them to get out of the circle, the corral of the, of the assassins and and they're not very good assassins by the way it eight of them got taken out by another assassin and a bounty hunter so it's like they're good at parkour (laughs) oh that okay so on another thread somewhere on twitter someone was like what's your gif reaction to Uh book of boba fett and i just it's that gif from the office of michael going parkour and then rolling (laughs) over the couch i was like parkour so all the whole time i was watching it my second time through i was like hardcore parkour it just made me it made me so happy um in that in that respect so Mm -hmm. But the battle scene itself, it was it was a little underwhelming. Um, I hope that if there are more battle scenes, which I imagine there will be, yeah. they're a little more intense. And and I think I'm a little underwhelmed because of how awesome Boba was in Mandalorian. Yeah. And and I just expected more. I mean, like they all they had were shields and tasers. Mm-hmm. Like he's Boba Fett. So I was like, okay, I guess they're just really playing into the he was caught off guard thing. Which yeah. Yeah, I kind of sh- I, I kind of share this the same thoughts. I I mean the jetpack thing and just I felt like Boba would wipe the floor with those guys, but I get it. I mean, yeah. as far as the plot goes, they had to to move sure. the plot forward by rushing him back to that back to pod, so they had to make him yeah. injured some somehow. And yeah, that's kind of the next thing and the last thing that we get in this opening episode. Uh he he gets to that back to pod and again, the plot device of that pod being the flashback segue uh happens and so we go straight back to boba being strapped up again following his breaking free and the tuscan raider youngling end up taking both boba and the rodian to go and dig for some water now on the way though we get kind of an interesting scene where we witness uh a group of raiders not tuscan raiders but this other group of people that are just raiding a home for someone and they're getting water and what they ended up doing was they marked like this jl kind of shape on this homestead uh have we Mm -hmm. seen that imagery before the jl imagery i dug around everywhere i could because i thought maybe it's some kind of a gang maybe we've seen it somewhere and i i mean i looked over wikipedia i looked on twitter i mean i just you know i did everything but dive into reddit and all i could see were people just saying we see a biker gang and they leave this shape, you know, spray painted mm-hmm. on a homestead or whatever. And I was like, great. We don't know what it is yet, which is fine. It's just, you, they can't tell us everything and we can't know everything going into this. Right. Um, so no, no, as far as I know, there's nothing about this. I keep, I even kept trying to be like, maybe there's like a word I, I'm, you know, I'm not familiar with maybe like Java something, or uh-huh. I don't know. I just, I couldn't think of anything. So as far as I'm, as I know right now, no, there's, yeah. there's nothing, nothing correlating. Okay. With it. Well, and again, we know that we're going to see them later because that's the same gang that was on the speeder bikes in our other trailers. So I'm sure we'll get, yeah. we'll get explanation at least behind what their motives are. And we'll probably see Boba end up killing them or something. Who knows? Uh, but the next thing, awesome. next thing that we get, you know, the two, Boba and the Rodian are digging for water and 
eventually this sand creature is discovered by the Rodian. And finally, and I believe it was someone in the chat, RevTech, I believe, was the one that uh, that said the Rodian ends up getting killed. We get that great moment. The stupid Rodian gets killed. He gets basically suffocated into the sand. But what did you think of this yeah. creature? Okay. Kind of so weird. I had a, yeah, no, it definitely is different and new. And I had, I have come around to the creature. First of all, I was like, what is this? You know, first I was like, oh, it's a crate dragon, which I think a lot of people thought it might be a crate dragon. But then when you see the claw come up, I was like, oh, crate dragon didn't have arms like that. Right. So yeah. it was a new creature. Obviously, it's still an unnamed creature. It's just sand creature for now. So um, we can, I can live with sand creature until they give it a name. However, here's my first thought. Um, I recently, and I'm not a Star Trek fan. I've never been a Star Trek fan. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the world who don't know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. I'm going to write a book for those people one day. <laughs> but um, the here, I, I recently found out about something from Star Trek called a Gorn. And I, I didn't know what a Gorn was. In fact, and so I Googled it, and it looks just like this thing. And I was like, well, that's stupid. They pulled it right out of Star Trek. And like, I was just as a Star Wars fan and the old rivalry, I was like, that's dumb. But then I saw another tweet today about a, a classic cinema a creature designer named Harry Housen. For people who don't know who Harry Housen is, he is the reason that stop motion creatures are a thing. I mean, he's a legend in star wars special effects and i mean not star wars cinema special effects however there is a statue to him at lucasfilm so mm. you know go look that up but he he is incredible so to me i saw someone say this was a a, a nod to the appreciation for harryhausen and in the harryhausen films and and after seeing that i was like okay i i take it all back i mean i'm perfectly okay with this thing because when you go back and watch it you're like this thing is incredible it has the ability to walk on four legs and still have two arms or do four arms, walk on two legs. It's a very different kind of dragon type creature. And I like dragons. You know, I have, no, I, I think dragons are cool. So mm -hmm. for me, this was really, really, really cool. I, yeah. I it, There's so much cool element happening throughout the whole show. This is a top notch moment for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it was a solid addition to the creature data bank of uh, Star Wars yes. creatures. So very interesting. Uh, nonetheless, I want to give a shout out to Blue Harvest Bricks. He made a great point in the chat. He he was talking about those uh, raiders that that gang that that took the water from that homestead. He said Jabba used to apply a water tax on on the moisture farmers. These are the guys that collect that, but not sure who for now. So that's a good oh, kind of deep dive wow. there that I didn't even think about. Maybe those guys that's used awesome. to work uh, for Jabba, Bib, and, and now Boba is aware of those people, and, and maybe we'll see them in present day. Who knows? Who knows? But but that's a great catch, a great little deep dive there. Appreciate you throwing that in the chat, Blue Harvest Bricks. Okay. Yeah, that's a, next, that's a, big, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Next thing, Boba does end up kind of riding on this thing for a second. So I thought there for a minute that yeah. that is what the Star Wars Newsnet report a few months ago about Boba riding on a Rancor was about. Maybe it was because he was riding on it there for a second, but he ends up taking the chain, which he was bonded by and kind of choking it and, and killing it. And it gave me Leia vibes, Leia killing Jabba the well, Hutt yeah, in the same yeah. way. And I think that was, that was done on purpose. Uh, but 
basically what this ends up doing is so Boba kills the creature and they go back to the village and it seems like the the Tuscan Raider youngling is kind of taking credit for it which whatever I mean you know do what you got to do but basically like the leader of that village kind of he knew or she we don't know if it's a he or she under there uh yeah. knew that Boba was the one that killed this thing and so it seems like Boba has now been approved and he is now trusted by this Tuscan Raider village. And I, again, I'm kind of getting into Tuesday, next Tuesday when we do predictions, but I'm assuming this is where we now get Boba is going to kind of get those robes. He's going to get a little bit of kind of training or just like basic. Here's kind of how you are most successful here on Tatooine or fighting styles, the gaffy stick, like all those things. Um, I'm sure that's what's coming next, but that's kind of the character growth that this episode nailed it it portrayed boba as first just a prisoner but he shows his skill set and the tuscan raiders are now going to welcome him in and i think that's probably where we're heading next as far as the flashback moments go we kind of have like these these two separate plot lines going on simultaneously uh, which is interesting it's it's not something that i expected going into this series but i'm here for it dj what did you think of this moment what did you what did you think of just that character kind of growth, I guess, of him being accepted by this group? Uh, what did you think about it? The character growth is is unprecedented. It's nice to see that I think from the very beginning when he first escapes, the, the Tuscan Raiders definitely knew that he could be a potential asset to them, but they just weren't sure of it. Well, that's why they have their nice little showdown and he gets his butt whooped. And then now we have him. First of all, I need to say this. He took that thing's head off with just a chain. Mm. There were no other tools with them besides home little kid's yeah. stick. Yeah. So either he got real handsy with a stick really quick, that rhymed, or he <laughs> he used that chain to take that dude's head off, which it's the chain, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's that's that's insane that he he did that. And I now I'm hearing uh was it clearance clearwater revival in my head with that you'll never break the chain like it just it's coming it's coming in waves now with this nice. like i'm like and i i just need to hear that guitar come in over the top of that and huh. him rise up i mean i might i might go and make it my own version here in a minute just to like have fun with it but man yeah. it just that's it a was tiktok just so video cool. right there oh absolutely talk. oh yeah you're on we're in a good segue we're on tiktok mando talk on tiktok but um I thought just so much was happening here. And um, I just, I love so much of the vibes we're getting from this particular Tuscan Raider group. I will say this is kind of going back a little bit, but when they're all there at night and like the seven or eight of them line up to look at Boba and they're all kind of like sizing them Ooh. up. Yeah. It gave me Knights of Ren vibes. They look like uh, the Knights of Ren. I could see that. Do you, yeah. do you see, okay. I haven't seen anybody say that, but that was the first parallel I thought of with that. So it was really cool, man. I just, so I've said it's really cool. Like I, I hope no one's playing doing a drinking game because oh my goodness, I've said it so much. It's but, Boba Fett. He's um, really cool. The series is, he really, is cool, really cool. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's fun. It's so fantastic. I mean, it just everything about this. Yes, it was similar to Leia. Yes, um, he's gaining trust from the Tuscan Raiders. I, I predict. I can't do a prediction. I'll say that for Tuesday. <laughs> sure. So yeah. um, I, I'm looking forward to what they do next with yeah, all of that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that is the plot of chapter one 
of the book of Boba Fett. We kind of ran through that linearly to kind of help us remember some things. And, and hopefully you got some things out of that as we kind of went through there. Uh, overall, you know, I just wanted to share this overall. I shared a poll here on the YouTube chat, and I guess that could be something to persuade maybe some of you podcast listeners to check us out live. You know, we're engaged with people that are in the live chat. We do some polls, and we're going to start to do some polls um, to kind of get you get some feedback from you guys. But I did a poll kind of at the beginning of this episode, beginning of the stream that said, how are you feeling about the book of Boba Fett after one episode? Uh, I've got four categories, loved it, liked it. It was okay, not for me. Loved it has 56% of the votes. 33% is liked it. And there looks like there is an 11% for it was okay. So overall, mostly positive reviews from us here at Mando Talk. I must admit, though, I have personally seen some people being kind of negative about this episode online. To you, I say, get over it. Because it was great in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this. The only people who are upset over this episode are people who don't understand Star Wars. I, mm. what, so the, the, one, the one thing that was floating around a ton from the Hollywood Reporter, that guy who did that review, I mean, it looked like somebody was just replying to a, a discussion board for like a college course. You did, yeah. I don't know if you ever did discussion boards, Kayla, but it was like, you know, you, someone would say, I like that in 1987, when da 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 happened, this happened. And you reply back with, oh, yes, I do think that that was really neat. It looked like uh -huh. that's all that Hollywood reporter thing was. So uh -huh. for people like who are subscribing to this chief TV critic from the Hollywood reporter, and I'm using quotations because this is not, there's just critics being critics over here, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, if you don't like this episode, it's because you don't like Star Wars. Or yeah. if you don't like this episode, it's because you're too critical of Star Wars for not being whatever it is you want it to be. Sure. So yeah. this is one of those things for me that I'm like, come, come on, like, get yeah. over it. I mean, it's, a, it's great. It's a great stuff. I get it. I mean, if you didn't like it, whatever. I mean, I'm not offended or anything. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. But I do feel like that it gave a lot of satisfying things for for diehard fans. So I was well pleased with it. And admittedly, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I, it's a slower episode, but I feel like that was warranted. And that was what was needed because this book of Boba Fett show is going to be a character driven show, not an action packed flashy. Ooh, look at this. Look at that kind of thing. It, this yeah. is, this is our moment as star Wars fans to, peel back behind the, the mystery that has always surrounded this Boba Fett character and get to get these small, subtle moments that we never dreamed of getting before. So that's why I was so pleased uh, with this episode. But, you know, it, it's fine if you didn't if it wasn't for you, that's that's fine. You know, I hope chapter two is, is better for you. I hope you enjoyed a little bit more. But regardless, I will be here. DJ will be here to discuss um, every single chapter with you guys, whether you love it or not. Uh, <laughs> RFB, yeah, unless, I see you unless, in the chat. I see you in the chat, man. It's always good to have you. I see. You. I, I won't. I won't be here if my wife goes into labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But we are very close to my daughter being born by the way. Yeah. So if I miss a couple episodes, everybody it's because I am becoming a dad. So, um, that that's what I wanted to throw that in there real quick. So as long as I can be here, I will be here. 
because yeah. I mean, this is important to me and it's important. I know for, for Caleb and I, I it's Boba Fett. It's hard not to Dude, talk about Boba Fett. It is Fett. Boba so, Fett. Yeah. So it's good stuff. It's, I don't even know what else to say. I, yeah, I think Boba Fett's really cool. That's what I think. I think yeah, Boba I mean, Fett is really cool. Clearly, really, really <laughs> cool. Well, listen, again, final shout outs here just to RFB, Ryan V. Uh, let's see who else was in here. Blue Harvest Bricks. Rev Teak. Rev Teak. Like, you name it. Anybody that showed up in the chat, we are so appreciative of you guys. Uh, can't wait to do this again on Tuesday when we do our predictions for chapter two, make sure that you are here, share with a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend to be here with us live. But listen, if you can't be with us live and you're listening on podcast platforms, we are just as much appreciative of you guys. So thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you enjoyed chapter one of the book of Boba Fett. DJ, any final thoughts that you would like to portray to our lovely audience? can't think of anything i just i'm glad that we are continuing the boba festivities into into the book of boba fett because it's always a part it's a boba fett party over here so it's it's exciting it's good stuff and um just anything that we can get you know is just like ah come on it's here you know give it to me i'm just excited about it i was getting tired of all those tv spots so it's nice to know that we finally have um the con the content we've all been waiting for for over a year now yeah Absolutely. Or not over a year, almost a year. It's almost been over a year. Yeah. All right. Feels like over a year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, listen, Tuesday, we will be live to do our predictions. But by the way, okay, we're trying to get out of here, but that made me think of something that I needed to say. The predictions since podcast episodes get uploaded the following morning, kind of like the yeah. the book of boba fett prediction stuff is going to be youtube exclusive during that live stream cuz we feel like it would be kind of redundant to release the podcast recording of those predictions on the day that that chapter comes out so if you want to get in on the conversation with the book of boba fett predictions make sure that you are here with us live but on tuesdays whenever we have star wars news to quickly discuss we will record that and we will upload that to our podcast platform so you still will have two days of mando talk content for our podcast listeners don't worry just wanted to throw that out there okay Enough, enough's enough, guys. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, we can't wait for Tuesday to start to do some predictions for Chapter 2 of the Book of Boba Fett. And until then, as always, speak freely, but also we have spoken. <laughs>